Hey folks, JR, back for another episode of Echoes of Shannon Street Case File. It's going to be episode 85, Attempt Pickup. We're going to finish up the memo that Vidlage and Downing typed up. You'll remember uh, Ed Vidlage and uh, Winky Downing were in car 121 and Vidlage had gotten a call from one of his informants and they met the informant at the firehouse. I believe it was the one on Danny Thomas there just north of Chelsea. Anyways, they got with him. He pointed out to them locations where some of the men who had been inside the house at 2239 Shannon, where they were at at that particular time after they had escaped or where their actual apartments were. That's actually not as complicated as I just made it sound. Anyways, so they took a plane car and they went around and he pointed out the addresses and then Village and Downing, they go drop the informant off. They come back and they meet up with Lieutenant Rogers and Lieutenant Oldham. And then I believe it was uh, Cliff Woodruff and his partner. And they, I think it was Bubba Colston. And they went, picked up these guys and some of the girls so they can get statements from them. Obvious reason being you're trying to find out what happened inside the house, why it went down like it did, who's in there. Do they have weapons? A whole bunch of things that you would want to know from them, information. Also, of course, you want to find out if any of them need to be charged with a crime. All right, this is the continuation of the memo that Downing and Vidlage typed up. Top of the page says female black, and on the previous page it said they had taken a male black and then this is where we're picking up now female black were taken to the security squad office for statements pete was identified as being james murphy date of birth of 6 he is five foot 850 pounds home address of 627 thomas he drives a 1974 Mercury Marquis four-door. Tennessee license, that looks like Alpha Bravo Mike 604, but don't hold me to that. Dark blue vinyl over medium blue with minor damage to the right rear quarter panel. And folks, before I forget now, remember these people that they're picking up, taking to security squad, they gave statements. That's the statements that we covered in earlier episodes right at the beginning. If you'll remember, probably, oh Lord, episodes maybe three or four or five, somewhere right in there. So just remember that if you need to go back and reread those statements, that's, that's from these attempt pickups here where they're picking up these at the time persons of interest is what we would say nowadays back then we were just picking up suspects officer colston woodruff and downing then went to 630 north 7th 
apartment A in an attempt to develop information on the male black known as Harry. We were met at the front door by Mrs. Coleman, mother of the suspect. Now, if you remember, folks, that that address sounds familiar, or if it doesn't, uh, I will let you know that that's the address where Michael Coleman lives. She denied knowing anyone named Harry at that address, and she was advised to have all the occupants of the home come into the living room. The other occupants of the house were in the east bedroom upstairs in the apartment. The following is a list of the occupants. Now, more than likely, Miss Coleman may not have known who Harry really was. She may not have known it was one of her sons. All right, so inside you got a Benjamin Coleman Jr. and a Benjamin Coleman Sr., Date of birth, 6, 1831. 5'11", 155 pounds, black hair, and a full beard. Timothy Renee Coleman, James Robert Payne. And you've got Gregory Lewis Cole, last name possibly Coleman. Date of birth, 11, 59, and gave an address of 2435 Ketchum, number three. That's a, that's a good ways away at that 100 block of Ketchum. That's east of Airways down in the South Precinct. He is 5'11", 176 pounds. No one at this address was taken to the security squad office. At 22.30 hours, officers received information from Lieutenant Eflin. I don't know who that is. Oh, okay, communications. Maybe Methlin. I'm not for sure. Anyways, uh... Supervisor in communications advising a female, black, Shirley Rose Crawley of 666 Thomas. I can't read the apartment number. Phone number 522-9058 had information regarding the Shannon incident and that parties involved were at the apartment C next to her at the time. She further advised that they were having a prayer meeting and that she had been present at 22.52 hours, so that's 10.52 p.m. Officers went to that address. Lieutenant Rogers in car 122 took the back, and Lieutenant Oldham in car 121 took the front. That's actually not their car numbers. It might be 102 and 101. Anyways, the door was answered by a female black, about 50 years of age, who lives there. Officers could hear movement to the right of the front door, and all occupants were ordered from the apartment and searched, advised of their rights, she shouldn't have done that, and taken to the security squad office. Remember what I told you before, folks. If you're a uniform patrol, you're going to go snatch somebody up and bring them to the investigative bureau, whichever one it is, in this case it's security squad, you don't read them their rights. You don't you don't even want to do that because if the suspect says I don't want to talk to you, guess what? You don't get to talk to them. 
So you let the investigator read them their rights. The following is a list of male blacks taken from the apartment to security squad office. Number one, Benjamin Coleman Jr. You may remember him. That's one of Michael's brothers. Alias Jr., date of birth, it looks like Seb 29, 58, 5 foot 10, 150 pounds. 503 North Dunlap. Mother lives at 630 North 7th Apartment A, which is Miss Coleman. That's, that, that's his mama, Michael Coleman's mama. Timothy Renee Coleman, alias Big Tim, date of birth, 8663. He is six foot four. He is definitely big. 280 pounds, 630 North 7th, Apartment B. James Robert Payne, date of birth, 6556, 5 foot 10, 170 pounds, 679 Woodlawn. Has cataract on right eye. Lee Rogers, alias Snoopy. 18 years of age, 5 foot 11, 115 pounds, 620 North 7th. That looks like uh, apartment C. Then they got an unknown male black, late 20s, 5 foot 11, 170 pounds, lives at 666 Thomas, apartment C, and is the son of the female black that met us at the door. I don't know if I could live in a, an address that had the sign of the devil, but... That's just the Christian side of me coming out. Anyways, officers walked the above male blacks to the patrol car. Mrs. Crawley pointed out Benjamin Coleman Jr. and stated that he was talking about making three bogus calls to the police. She also pointed out Lee Rogers and stated that he kept agreeing to Coleman saying, yeah, that's right, that's what we done. There's another sentence down there, folks, and I cannot read it. It was cut off, I guess, when we made a copy of it. I hope it wasn't the the key sentence that solves the entire case. But anyways, we're going to press on and hope it was insignificant. Recontacted for a statement. All of the above male blacks were taken to the security squad office where statements were taken from two of them. After being released at the security squad office, all but one requested to walk home. Benjamin Coleman was given a ride. And you'll probably remember that from his statement. I think that was either in the statement or in one of the supplements. All right, continuation, page three here. So he was taken home by car 121 to 630 North 7th, apartment A, his mother's apartment. should be noted that all of these male blacks were at 630 North 7th, apartment A, at approximately 2,000 hours. So folks, anybody that they took to security squad, they pretty well got a statement from them. Now, you may recall, I believe we brought it up it was in the supplements or in their interviews with them because they did, I believe, took all tape statements. Irregardless, if you'll remember, some of them, they did not take statements from them because their level of intelligence was so low that investigators thought it wouldn't do them any good to even talk to them. Um, I've never met anybody 
that I thought was so unintelligent that I couldn't take some kind of a statement from them. But anyways, anybody went security squad, they gave a statement or they told you whether they did or not. And it's a statement that we've already seen. So on any of them, if you need to go back and look, if you're curious as to what was said or who said what or who didn't have a statement taken, then you can go back and check it out. All right, all 113.83 officers in car 121 were advised by car 121, looks like Bravo, that'd be day shift. Officer Sullivan, that a male black Dooney, described six-foot slim build, has straight hair, wears a lot of jewelry and dresses flashy, was also a member of this cult. After getting to work, 121 Charlie was met by another informant who was listed with narcotics, and he was told of the situation. Approximately one half hour later, this Informant returned and told officers in car 121 that he was at the Coleman apartment at 630 North 7th Apartment A and that a male black, Timothy Coleman, was talking about the incident. The male black Coleman stated that another member of the group, Melvin Davis, alias Catfish, who lives at 600 North 7th Apartment A, approximately 18 and 19 years of age, was at the Shannon address but was able to escape before the police surrounded the house. The informant knows the male Black Davis and stated that he graduated from Northside High School last year. The male Black Tucker, which officers picked up at 627 Thomas, apartment I, stated to Officer Village that he sometimes is attends these meetings, and at these meetings he knew the following male blacks were present. Fred, Lindbergh, Snoopy, Big Tim, and Ben. These meetings were at his brother-in-law's house at 627 Thomas, apartment I. Other addresses where the meetings were also held were 666 North Thomas, apartment C, and at T.C. Smith's apartment at 620 North 7th, apartment B, and at the 2239 Shannon address. This latter information was obtained from a male black, Lee Rogers, along with the information that they usually met in small meetings at least once a day to read the Bible. And then we've got, it looks like, read. I can't read that. 0200 hours, 114.83. CC Violent Crimes, GIB North Security Squad, Research and Development, Sergeant Jeff Larkin, Inspector Ivy North Precinct. All right, folks, that's going to wrap up this episode here. That was uh, really good work by Ed and Winky. Be able to talk to that informant. A lot of information that was provided to officers on the scene at 2239 Shannon is because of, of that informant of Ed Winkies. What we know about this case, 
we were able to find out about it because of this informant pointing out these people. There's no telling how long it might have been before we would have, the police would have gotten around to finding these people and locating them. And the ultimate goal is to discover the truth wherever it may lie and whatever path you have to take. And generally it's not a straight line, but that was some outstanding work. All right, folks, we're going to wrap it up here, and we're going to come back in a few days, and we'll hit another episode, see what's going on. we still got a few episodes to go, at least several, several episodes to go before we get done with the follow-up, and don't forget there, at, uh, somewhere towards the end or the final episode or somewhere near that, I'm going to... I'm going to give you a theory of what I believe happened and why it happened the way it did. It's just a theory. Can't prove it, but I'm going to tell you why it went down like it did. A lot of policemen believe it went down because this particular set of facts. Anyways, enough about that. Folks, I do appreciate you. And as always, I will see you down the road.